The cliff-top walk was most invigorating. The air was fresh and scented with the clean odour of salt and a more delicate aroma, while time, I learned later from Holmes, it was on this herb that the bees were nourished, the fragrance of which sweetened their honey and gave it its particular flavour. After London, with its streets and houses, offering little more to the eye than walls and chimneys, the view was magnificent, so wide and open that for the first few minutes of experiencing that huge sky and the broad green sweep of the downs, I felt overwhelmed by the sheer vastness of it all. I began to, with Holmes's help, to pick out certain details of the landscape. For example, the inn, he had mentioned, tucked away in the folds of the hills, the ancient stone wharves of St. Botolph's Church, and in the further distance a more modern-looking building of red brick with gabled roofs, aptly called the Gables, the previously mentioned residence of Harold Stackhurst, the proprietor of the private coaching establishment, who'd invited us to supper that evening. Having admired the view, Holmes suggested we went down to the beach to take a closer look at the sea. It was a steep descent, made easier by a set of wooden steps and a handrail, constructed, I gathered, from Holmes, after the Lion's Mane tragedy, when the only means of reaching the cove was by a path so precipitous and slippery that it was dangerous to use. Some of the local inhabitants, including the Gable staff, who used the rock pools for swimming, Holmes himself, and the proprietor of the Fisherman's Arms, had clubbed together to pay for the steps and rail to be installed. There was, I noticed, another set of steps on the far side of the bay, and when I remarked on this, wondering why a second means of access was needed, Holmes explained it was a private property not available to the general public. "'That is rather ungenerous,' I remarked. "'Are they the owners of the house over there?' I indicated a building at the top of the second set of steps, partly hidden by trees and bushes that grew in the cliff-top garden. Because of the foliage, it was difficult to make out much detail of the house, except it seemed to be of the Regency period, for I glimpsed a pillared porch through the leaves and an upper tier of elegant windows, typical of that style of architecture. As I spoke, I was aware of a subtle change in the atmosphere, as if a curtain had come down between us. "'Oh, that,' Holmes replied in an offhand tone. "'That is full with hall. "'Now, what do you think of the cove, Watson?' "'It was worth while coming here, don't you agree?' "'Indeed I do,' I responded, "'for it was a magnificent setting. "'The cove itself was a large semicircular bay, "'surrounded on the landward side by steep rocky cliffs, "'the sea enclosing it on the far side. "'The beach immediately below the cliffs "'was composed of large pebbles like cobblestones, "'their surfaces buffed and rounded "'by the action of the waves over eons of time.' Further down, nearer the sea's edge, these stones were replaced by a white swathe of sand with rocks strewn here and there, jutting out from the softer surface to form rough-sided pools, the largest of which contained seawater left behind by the receding tide. I remembered Holmes referring to the lagoons, as he called them, in one of his letters. It was in these that he usually bathed and I assumed the students and staff from the Gables made use of them for the same purpose. 
There were larger rocks scattered about, one of which caught my attention. It had a flat surface with a back to it, like a stony armchair facing the sea. To test its comfort, I sat down on it, looking out over the glittering, shifting water of the bay where the tide was receding, and the waves came gently lapping against the shore. It was a soothing sound, and I could have sat there for hours gazing out towards the distant horizon where the sea and sky mingled together in one shimmering band of light. It was Holmes who jolted me out of my reverie. "'Have you seen enough, my dear fellow?' he asked. "'Only I thought it was time for lunch, and after that I have suggest we have a look around the church.' The clean air had sharpened my appetite, and I had no hesitation in agreeing with the first part of his suggestion. As for the church,